Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right, good morning. Man, it's been good so far, hasn't it? It's been really good, really good. Again, thanks for coming out um, uh, January 1st. The beginning of the whole year. I'm, I'm really excited about this year. I really am. 2022, there was a lot of pruning in my life. <laughs> there was a lot of busyness and a lot of just stuff happening. And I really feel that the Lord is going to move powerfully here at VFC in 2023. I really believe that. I really believe that. I'm excited. I do want to point out, not to embarrass her, but it is some, someone raised their hand for their birthday, and her birthday is actually today. She's one of the founding pastors of the church, and it's my mom, Ann Nunley. I would tell you how old she is, but I can't count that high. So... Hey, we love each other in the Nunley family. She just did the thumbs down. Some of y'all know what that means. Thumbs down. That's awesome. Happy birthday, Mom. I also wanted to echo an announcement. You guys saw next Monday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, we're starting a church-wide fast, okay, for 21 days. Now, I, I make jokes about fasting. I don't like fasting. I say things like, I'm, I'm fasting speaking Spanish this week. All right, I'm fasting that all the time. I don't speak Spanish. Uh, but, but for real, I love fasting. And, and I, I, I look forward to this 21-day fast every single year. And so I would love for you to be on board. If you're like, I've never fasted before, I don't know how to do that, we have a, a quick informational meeting the night before next Sunday at 6.30 here in the sanctuary where we'll talk about what it means to fast, why we fast, and the different ways that you can join us in fasting for these 21 days. I'm telling you, if you will be a part of this, you will experience God in a new way. He always meets us during a fast like this. And so just want to personally invite you guys to be a part of that. It starts next Monday. We're doing a new series for the month of January called Make Room. Make Room, where we are making room for the things that matter most. We're asking ourselves, what are we full of? Because you're full of whatever you've been feeding on. Some of us were full of cookies and cake and holiday food, right? Yeah. So you can't be full of one thing and full of another thing at the same time. And so we, are full, we, are, we will be full of whatever we feed on. And so we have to make room if we're going to be full of something different. You know, we're in a season of making room. We have been for a while. We actually have our new building that's being built over here. I don't know if you saw it when you walked in. Maybe you saw, saw that over there. So like we're a few months away from meeting in there. Um, and why are we doing that? Why are we building a building? Well, it was to make room. It's to make room for more people. We're making room for your family members. 
We're making room for your coworkers. We're making room for your neighbors. We're making room for the people when God lays on your heart to them to invite them to come and fellowship and worship and learn more about Jesus. We've got room for them. That's why we're doing it. We're making room. You know, I, I mentioned, uh, you, you, and you know this if you've been coming for a while after worship, but before we close out worship, we make room for the move of the Holy Spirit here. Every single Sunday after the last song, myself or Cynthia or Eric or Tim comes up here and we begin to facilitate whatever God is doing spontaneously in the moment. You know, a lot of churches just rush through and continue with the program. And we we love those churches, we bless those churches, but here we want to make room because we can't get mad that the Holy Spirit not speaking to us if we don't make room to listen to him speaking. So we make room, we pause, we give it a moment. And believe me, sometimes it's a little terrifying to be standing up in front of you not knowing what's coming next. That's cool, bring it. Because I would rather obey God making room for his spirit and mess up every once in a while than to never mess up and to never hear from him. So we, we are a church where we are making room, and I want you to make room. This, this series, we're going to be talking about the different things we need to make room for, and this morning we're talking about making room for vision. Making room for vision. The vision that you and God have jointly established for your life or the lack of vision that you haven't established will determine the direction of your life. Your vision will determine the direction of your life. And this is important. Your faithfulness to that vision will determine your contentment in life. See, so many people aren't content because they aren't doing what they've been called to do. Some of them don't know what they're called to do. Some of them know what they're called to do, but they're in rebellion, doing their own thing. You won't be content that way. Contentment is found when you're doing what God has called you to do. What is vision? Let me give you a quick definition. Your vision answers the question, what's my point? It's a summary of how you want your life to go. It's a mission statement. It's a personal mission statement about what you want to do and who you want to be. That's what I mean. When I talk about vision for the rest of this sermon, I'm going to be talking about the fact that, that you need to have a personal mission statement about who you are and what you are to do. You have to have a vision. It answers that question, what's my point? Why am I here? What am I doing? It's a summary. You don't need to know everything about your life because it hadn't all been revealed yet, but you need to have a general idea of why you're here, what God wants to do in you and through you in this life. You know, we have a vision statement as a church. It's actually on the wall over there. Belong, believe, become. You guys have heard us talk about that. When we send a letter to anyone, it says VFC, got the logo, and it's got belong, believe, become. Put it on our walls, put it on our stationery. Talk about it regularly here. Why? Because we want you to know that that's our vision. Our vision 
Our summary statement, our purpose for existing is to let you know that you belong to the kingdom of God. We want to teach you what to believe about the kingdom of God. And we want to teach you how to become who he's called you to be in the kingdom of God. That's our vision statement. We have a vision for this church. And we want you to be a part of it. Now, a vision requires goals, but a vision isn't a goal. How many goal-oriented people do we have here this morning? Checklist makers? Yeah, yeah. I I will make a checklist and then I'll lose it. So I'm not one of those. Okay, that's not how many of you lose the checklist. That's okay. That's the, y'all are my people. I love the other people. As a matter of fact, most of the people in the office that work here are detail oriented people because I'm so not a detail person. I need them around. Okay. And so we need to make sure, like, especially if you're goal-oriented, a vision is not a goal. A vision will require goals to fulfill, but the vision itself is not the goal. I'll give you an example. Let's say your vision for this year, 2023, your vision is simply to grow closer to God. You want to you draw near to God. That's your vision, okay? Well, then you're going to need to implement a series of goals, activities, in order to accomplish that. One of those, you actually did this morning. You got up, and you came to the church meeting. Congratulations. That was a goal that you met that is helping you fulfill the ultimate vision of drawing near to God in 2023. Are you with me? You see the difference between vision and goals, okay? They work together, but today we're talking about vision. You create your vision with you and God together. If your vision is something that you can do without God, it's not your godly vision. (laughs) It's just yours. A God-sized vision will require God in order for it to work. If, if you are accomplishing all of your goals without moments of crying out to God and saying, God, I need you for this, then you're probably not doing everything God's called you to do. If you can do it without him, you're not doing all that God's called you to do. And so I want to challenge you this morning to consider what your personal vision is. You know, Jesus had a personal vision Jesus had a personal vision. Uh, we can read about it in Luke chapter 4, 16 through 21. Let me read this passage to you. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. By the way, Jesus attended church, I just for the record. That's what it says. As usual, one translation says, as was his custom, he went to synagogue on the Sabbath. And so, like, yeah, do you need to go to church in order to be a Christian? No. But if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, right? So he goes and he stood up to read the scriptures. Now, just so you know, they would have these big scrolls of the prophets, of the law, and they would, they would uh, just pick up where they last left off, okay? Uh, they would just keep reading the scripture, keep reading the scripture, then they'd go to the next scroll. Well, Jesus didn't, fi- Jesus didn't always follow the rules. He was not very good at following rules. I don't know if you know that or not. So look what he does. Verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll, and he found the place. So instead of picking up where it was last left off, they hand him the scroll, it's right there. He goes, nah, we're not doing this today. 
And he, he opens the scroll to a place that we now call Isaiah 61, because chapters and verses were added later. Isaiah 61, and he reads the vision statement and the mission of the Jewish Messiah. Check this out. Verse 18, he reads this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, like, what did you just do, man? That wasn't the right, and that was about the Messiah, Verse 21, then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. He's saying, I'm the Messiah. In his boyhood home, everyone's like, wait, what? As a matter of fact, keep reading, and they try to kill him. (laughs) Who says you can't go home? They try to kill him. Because they knew that by reading that and saying, hey, it's fulfilled today, He was saying he was the Messiah. That was Jesus's personal vision statement. He knew what he was put on earth to do. What about you? You know, not only Jesus had a personal vision, uh, the apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he had a personal vision. We can read that in Galatians chapter 1, verses 14 and 16. He says, I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Now, there are two types of people in this world, Jews and Gentiles, Jews and non-Jews. Anyone that's not Jewish is called a Gentile in scripture, okay? And so most of you, the vast majority of you, uh, when, you t- when it talks about Gentiles, it talks about you because you're not Jewish, okay? And so he, he's, he's saying, Paul's saying, look, I have a personal vision. God has commissioned me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, that is a crazy decision. This, think about this for a second. You've got Paul who was trained by the greatest uh, teachers of the law. We actually know his name. His name was Gamaliel. He was known. He was the big shot. This is the teacher you wanted to study under. That's who Paul studied under. He was incredibly intelligent. He he was so zealous for the law. And so I would think, if it were me, that God would send him to the Jews. But God sent him to the Gentiles. Who did God send to the Jews? Peter, the uneducated fisherman. Like, that's the exact opposite of what I would think. But thank God I'm not God. God knew better and commissioned Paul to have that personal. And there it is right there in Scripture. He is called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. You know, I have a personal vision. And I actually want to share some of this with you this morning. Um, I was thinking about and praying about vision and how this works. And I actually have a journal 
Um, I, I don't, I'm not like a journaler. I, I, every once in a while, I feel like the Lord will call me to, to write down what he's saying, and I do. I know some of y'all fill up journals. <laughs> Good, that's awesome. Um, I, I do it when the Lord tells me to. Um, and I have a personal vision. And I actually just kind of wanted to share some of this with you. As a matter of fact, um, I, I'm going to show you, I can't, the TV's not on back there if y'all want to turn it on so I can see the PowerPoint. But um, this, is, this is my awful handwriting. And in the front of this journal, it says five things. It was four. I crossed it out and put five. Because things change, right? It says five things I'm called to do while pastoring at VFC. Five things I'm called to do. Here's the first one. Receive vision and direction from God and motivate the people into alignment with it. As the lead pastor, we have other pastors here, but as the lead pastor, I'm in a unique position where God is going to speak to me about the direction of this church. It doesn't mean that I'm the, 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 the best Christian or doesn't mean that I scored highest on the test. It just means that he's called me to be the lead pastor. And because of that, the vision comes through me. And so that's one of the things that I'm called to do is receive vision and direction and then motivate you guys and tell you guys what the Lord is, is saying and into alignment with that. Two, preach the word. Balance theology and practical life application. You'll find that we, we teach very practically here. Hopefully you find that. But we also get into theology. We get into all of that. And that's, that's my job is to do this. Three, pour into the leaders at the church and invest in them. It's, this is what Jesus did. This is what Paul did. This is what Peter did. Anyone in a position of leadership in the church, their job is to identify other leaders, not to hoard all the leadership to themselves. And so one of the things I'm constantly doing is looking around and seeing who has the call of God on their life to do specific things. Some people think they have the call and they don't. Some people act like they don't and they do. And so this is, this is one of my jobs. Number four, help shepherd the city of Thomasville by being a presence in the community. It's one of the things God's called me to be. Sometimes I'd rather just hide out in my home or at church and say, let's just do this. But, but God has called me to do more than that. And then I stopped at four. And a couple years later, after God began to, to, to uh, use me to move internationally, especially in Pakistan and other, in other countries, I added number five which is fulfill the great commission by speaking the gospel, by spreading the gospel internationally as God leads. That's part of my, I didn't realize that at first. And so your vision is malleable. It changes. It's, it's not, you're not stuck in one thing your whole life. Does that make sense? I also have on the rest of this page, I'm not going to read the whole thing. These are a few, uh, that this is related to VFC. I've got a few things I just have written down. Um, it says, uh, let's see what I can hear and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things I've written down. It's part of my vision for my life. I can hear and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do I always hear and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit? Not 100%. But it's my calling. It's my vision, right? Um, I can understand and teach the written word of God. Here's a good one. I do not need to sin in order to be happy. Isn't that the lie of sin? Oh, no, you'll be happy once you do this. It's a lie. And, and part of my vision is writing down, I don't have to do that to be happy. That, that's, that's not a truth. Um, I will, I love people the way Jesus loved them, genuinely care for them. That's not always true, but it's my vision. 
all of you I love just like Christ, but the others, I will not get distracted from my purpose. I will love Tiffany as Christ loves the church, laying down my life for her. I will love my children unconditionally without controlling them. I will train my children to know God and obey him. Tiff and I are one body and operate in unity and honesty. It keeps going. I don't want to read too many because I don't want you to steal it because I want you to come up with your own. But I have a vision for my life. And I wrote, wrote that in the front of this journal that Tiff got me years ago to remind myself every once in a while I open it up and I look at I look at the five things I'm supposed to do here at VFC and I look at the many things that make up God's call over my life. You should do the same. You should do the same. Why do you need a personal vision? Well, here's why. First of all, it gives you purpose. It gives you purpose. Jesus said in John 6, 38, for I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus didn't come to do his will. He came to fulfill the Father's will. By the way, that's your purpose as well. Happy people don't live for themselves. Happy people live beyond themselves. You won't be happy if you're living for yourself. So many people have spiritual myopia. Myopia is nearsightedness. I'm so incredibly nearsighted. Without contacts or glasses, I can't, I mean, I can see like fuzzy shapes and colors. That's it. I literally can't tell which one of my family members I'm talking to if they're across the room without my, I mean, it's, it's that bad. I'm that nearsighted. And so many Christians are that nearsighted. They're so, they only see right what's in front of their face. You're, you're not in there. I'm so miserable. It's because you're only looking at yourself. You were created. You were wired for purpose. Life without purpose brings frustration because you were created for a purpose. And if you don't have a purpose and you're not, you're not being who you were called to be. Everything in this world has purpose. The chair you're sitting on, the fans above us, the drywall, the paint, the carpet, trees, grass, mailboxes, everything. Think about it. Everything has purpose. So you do too. And if, you don't, if you're not walking in that purpose and your vision provides your purpose, if you're not walking in it, you will be unhappy. The other reason that we need purpose is because without it, it will get off track. The purpose keeps you on track. I love this verse, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no prophetic vision. The word prophetic just means saying what God says. So prophetic vision is God's vision. It's not just your vision for your life. It's God's vision for your life, okay? So where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, the New Living Translation says the people run wild. Some of y'all run wild before? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I want you to remember this. It rhymes, it's sticky, so you remember this. You can write this down. You want, the vision makes the decision. The vision makes the decision. Your personal vision, what you have decided, pre-decided in your heart with you and the Lord about who you are, what you're called to do, will make all sorts of decisions in your life. You won't have to fret, what am I supposed to do? Who are you? 
What are you called to do? Who are you called to be? That will make the decision for you. See, for too many of us, there's this tension between what God has called us to do and be and what we're actually doing. Our vision isn't making the decision. Our flesh is, or the world is, and we're unhappy, and we don't feel fulfilled, and we don't know, why can't I hear God? He's talking, but we've moved out from under what he's called us to do. The vision makes the decision. I was thinking about this. Uh, Tiffany and I um, were in college together, and we were dating at this point. We were in a, we were in a class it was either sociology or psychology. I forgot everything they taught me. And, and it was interesting. I'm an, I'm an audible learner. I'll learn by hearing. I'll, I figured that out in high school. If I can hear it, I'll remember it. So taking notes doesn't do a thing for me. As a matter of fact, I would use my notebook during, during class to doodle because that would keep my hands occupied so I can actually listen to what was being said. But so Tiffany and I are dating. She's a note taker. Okay? She learns more by reading. So she would take notes during the lecture. Well, during class, she'd be, you know, talking to me and elbowing me, and I'd be like, shh. She'd be like, what are you talking about? Because I needed to hear it. And then before a test, she would say, hey, you want to get, get together and study? I'd be like, no. <laughs> I'm good. She's like, what do you mean? You don't need to go over your notes? I'm like, I mean, I'll look over them for like five minutes, but no, I'm good. I heard it. I got it. And, and then and we, we would do well. We both do well on the test, but we do differently because we learned in different ways, right? And so what that, that meant, the vision made the decision. I wanted to do well in that class. So I couldn't be talking to her during the lecture. She wanted to do well in that class, so she couldn't go out on a date the night before the test. You with me? The vision makes the decision. Some of you are making decisions that don't jive with your vision. And you're like, what's wrong with my life? Get into alignment with what God's called you to do. Let your vision make the decision, and you'll fulfill his call in your life. See, the default is to follow the crowd. I've said this before. Current culture is a current. It sweeps you into one direction where everyone else is. Christianity is countercultural. We go against the grain. The little fish on the, the, the Christian fish stickers, you know, they're turned the wrong way. Did you know that? They're, they're meant to be turned upstream. And because Christianity is countercultural, we don't go with culture. We're against culture. We, we, I don't mean we're you know, railing against. I'm, I'm saying we just go in a different path, okay? Matthew 7 13 through 14 says, enter by the narrow gate. This is Jesus teaching. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go into it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So do you see where everyone's headed is just, that's not the direction that Christians are called to. We, we have, there's a narrow way. There's a narrow gate that we enter in through. And if, you, if your vision isn't making the decision, you will, by default, not because you're a bad person, not because God doesn't like you, none of that. You will, that's what we all do. We all just get swept in the world's way. When we don't make the intentional decision to go the other way, there's a reason why the songs are called Highway to Hell and Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Highway, 
stairway. And so we, we go the way God has called us to go because our vision makes the decision. So you should be asking yourself right now, how do I determine a vision for my life? How do I determine a vision for my life? Step one, I'm going to give you three. First one is this word called Selah. I've heard some people call it Selah. But Selah is a Hebrew word. It's found mostly in the Psalms. There's a few other places. But mostly in the Psalms, which when you read a psalm in the Old Testament, you are reading song lyrics that were sung by the ancient Hebrews. That's what psalms is. They're songs. And so in, in the middle of these songs, you'll see selah. The word means pause. With the intention of pausing and reflecting upon and considering what you just sang. It also was probably used as, you know, instruction for the instrumentalists. Take a break, calm down, or maybe the vocalists don't sing here. But Selah, and you read, if you read the Psalms, you'll see Selah all throughout the Psalms. But the word is a little word. It means pause and think about it. Reflect on what was just said. Reflect on what was just sung. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 4-4, and it contains a Selah. It says, be angry and do not sin. You can be angry without sinning. Sometimes anger is God's way of letting you know something's wrong. You're angry, all right, now fix it, but don't sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed. I just don't know where to go when I pray. Well, you can go on your bed. That's what Psalm 4-4 said. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. Pause. Think about that. Meditate in your heart and be still. Pause. In order to determine your vision, your personal vision, you and the Lord to determine your personal vision for your life, you're going to need to take a time out. Now, guys, I have no moral authority to talk about this because I am probably addicted to my phone. But we need to understand that God speaks in the quiet place. And it's in silence And it's when not everything else is going on that you're going to be able to hear him the best. If you feel like you can't hear God, change your position. Y'all remember the old rabbit ears antennas that we used to have on TVs, right? And you you get in the right spot, but then it would start to go out. One of the things would start to move. So you would change the antenna for everyone under 40. So before cable... This thing plugged in the TV and it received the, the image. Just look it up on Google. So anyway, so you would move, <laughs> you would move the antenna and, and, and the signal would get stronger, right? Change your position. If you're not hearing from the Lord, change your position. Get, get, get rid of the other voices. Get rid of the rest of the noise. And, and he's speaking, believe me, he has not stopped speaking to you. He's not. But there are things that block the airwaves. I mean, things like unforgiveness, things like unconfessed sin, things like rebellion, where we're just outright not doing what God told us to do. But it's not that he stopped talking, it's that we can't hear. 
He never stops reaching after you. He never stops pursuing you. His grace never gives out. But we have to get with an earshot. We have to get the, the signal strong. So pause. Pause. Look, this week, you should carve out 15, 20, 30 minutes. Wow, even an hour. Whoa. Where you don't do anything. And your phone's in another room. And you just think thoughts towards God and you just are sitting in his presence. You'll be surprised how much vision you get in just a little bit of time like that. So the first way you determine a vision for your life is Selah, pause, think about it, consider it. Number two is consider two questions. These are two questions that are going to help you figure out purpose and meaning and, and, and all that stuff. One, what are my dreams? What are my dreams? What really matters to me? What is important to me? Here's another one. It's just kind of the opposite way. What are my frustrations? What is that thing that drives me crazy that someone should fix? Well, maybe you're the one who fixes it. Maybe it drives you crazy because that's your calling. So ask yourself these questions. What are my dreams and what are my frustrations? And then when you figure out what your dreams are, what really matters to me, what do I wish was going on, what do I wish life was like, you can reverse engineer your way back into that vision. Well, here's where I want to be, so what are the steps I need to take right now to get to that place? Man, I really wish my life was like this. Okay, well, 10 years from now, Jamie, what would 10 years from now, Jamie, wish that now Jamie would do in order to get to 10 years from now, Jamie? Are you with me? And so what are your dreams? What, what are your frustrations? Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to have the desires of his heart. God often hides your purpose in your personality. He often hides your purpose uh, in his purpose in your heart. Now, telling someone just follow your heart is terrible advice because the, the heart is deceitfully wicked. That's what scripture says. But Jesus said he'd give you a new heart. He replaced your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And so when you delight yourself in the Lord, your heart and his heart come into agreement. And your desires become his desires, and his desires become your desires. And now you're in a relationship. And so th this is, this is it's, I just want to make sure you understand there's this idea of like, I just got to get rid of all of me to pursue Jesus. Well, God created you on purpose the way you are. You're going to have rough edges that need to be, like he's going to sandpaper those things off. But he's often going to use your personality, your giftings, your skills, what matters to you, your frustrations. He's going to use that. He put that in there for a reason. So are you with me? And so we need to understand, you need to consider what matters to me. What are my dreams? What are my frustrations? Lastly, how do I determine a vision for my life? Selah, pause. Consider those two questions. And three, write it down. Write it down. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. I'm really ripping this from context, but I don't care. It says this. 
Because <laughs> it still applies. I've done the work. Hey, by the way, check anything I ever say here when I'm preaching. Please, you don't only have the right, you have the responsibility to make sure it says what I say it says. Seriously, check up on me. I dare you. Do it. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, it says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. You don't have tablets. Well, you might have like an electrical tablet. Make it plain on laptops. Make it plain on paper. So that he may run who reads it. For still the vision waits for its appointed time. It's It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The message, which is a paraphrase, says, write it out. says, write the vision. Write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the run. Because you got to go to work, right? You got to go take care of kids. You got to go visit parents. You got to go do stuff. You got to go pay bills. You got to go grocery shopping. But you can still, your vision, you don't leave it at home. You read it on the run. It goes with you everywhere. That's why you write it down. You write it down. Look, I, I wrote mine down. So I am not always smart. And I forget. I have to remind myself. Now, here's the thing. I thought about passing out cards this morning. And saying, okay, write your vision. But I'm not going to do that because I want to make it hard for you. Love ya. I'm serious. I don't want you to get an emotional high. Worthy is the lamb. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm going to live for Jesus. I don't want you to write down some emotional high as your vision. And keep your little index card. I want you to go home. I want you to work. I want you to spend time with God. I want you to turn everything off, get time away, get time alone. And I want you to spend time with him. And I know, I, and I'm, I'm kind of making fun of this, but I think it's great. I do it too. You know, people get a word for like this year. My word for this year is Jesus. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> what is God saying to you for this year? What's he saying to you? He's talking, you guys. You'd be shocked how much he's talking to you. A lot of what you think are your own thoughts is actually the Lord. He's talking to you. But it's, again, we've got to, we got, and, and don't forget, vision changes. Remember, I have, I don't, I won't be pastor of VFC forever. I, I don't know when that happens, but I won't. So I've got vision for VFC. Then I've got personal vision. And notice some of it changed. You saw the cross out, Right. You're, you're, as your life changes, your vision changes, and that's okay. You're not coming up with a statement that's going to like lock you in forever. You're just asking the Lord. You're saying, Father, who am I, and who have you created me to be? I want your vision for my life. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you make a commitment. How many of you would say, now don't look, be honest with me. I'm going to love you no matter what, seriously. How many of you would say, I'm going to take time this next week? Like more than two minutes. Not like you're not going to sit at a stoplight. Okay, Lord, what's my vision? <laughs> like more than that. I'm going to, this week, Jamie, I promise 
I commit to God and to our, our church family here, I'm going to get alone with God this week for a, a good amount of time, and I'm going to ask him about my vision. And you may not get all of it. It may, it may not be this glorious moment where the clouds part. And, oh, it's, it's probably not going to be like that. But write down what you feel in that moment and then come back to it and see how you feel about it later. Right? How many of you would say, now don't raise your hand if you're not going to do it. Don't lie to me. But how many of you would say, I'll do that this week? Let me see. Good. Good. That's awesome. Lord, I just pray, God, that as they meet with you, during this week, God, that you would speak to them. Lord, you would reveal your heart to them. Lord, that they would know that they're loved, that they're called. You're not mad at them. Lord, you've got good stuff for them to do. I want to invite you guys to pray this prayer after me, y'all, where, where we give the Lord permission to give us a personal vision that aligns with his over our life. If you will pray this after me, say, Lord Jesus... You had a vision. I need a vision. So Holy Spirit, I give you permission to speak to me, challenge me, and tell me who I am and what I'm supposed to do. I'm asking you, God, to give me a personal vision for this year, for the next 10 years, and for my life so that I would know what you've called me to do and who you've called me to be. Holy Spirit, I commit that as you speak and I write it down to the best of my ability, empowered by your grace, I will walk out your vision for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Cynthia, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.